myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is artist, actress, activist, and author. Got a lot of A's in that. Sarah Rosalie. Sarah has done amazing artwork. She is a painter where she does abstract splatter art. She is an author of Tales of a Sevi, Life as We Note It, a tween novel about seventh graders passing notes. She also has a YouTube channel called Cheryl Cuckoo, which is a funny spin on sketch on a uh, psychic, if you will. And she's just an amazing friend. She's come to a few comedy shows. I love talking to her. She's definitely got a lot going, creativity going on in her on her plate. So check her out on social media. Today we talk about her book, her art. And then we get into her fear of clowns. So let's stop clowning around and get into this interview with Sarah Rosalie. All right, we're here with my friend, artist, video editor, and author, Sarah Rosalie. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I've, it's been a nice, cool, it's not 98 degrees, because I work from home and Usually when I'm not here, I'll keep my AC up so that I don't like, because I usually keep it 72 or 75 when I'm here just to chill it down. But when I'm away, I try to set it like 78 or something so it's not like a $500 electric bill. Right. <laughs> but now that I work from home, it's like constantly 72 and it's just every five minutes, here it comes on. But now, thanks to we had this rain the last day or two. It's been really nice. I've actually wanted to go outside and yeah, see makes the world. A big <laughs> so I met you on Twitter and like it was just as you, I guess, had released a book that you wrote called Tales of a Sevi, Life as yes. We Note It. So what inspired you to write like a like a, that kind of book? Because it's like, isn't it like a teenage kind of yeah, it it's, can be titled uh, YA for young adult or even juvenile fiction, middle grade fiction. Mm -hmm. um, what inspired me was actually because the whole book is told through a series of notes all to one friend. So you get to hear from several different girls in the little friend group. And um, they're kind of writing notes back and forth. And it's kind of old school. That's how I grew up, you know, before back in the olden days, before texting <laughs> was a thing. Um, and when I was moving many, many years ago, I found a box of all of my actual notes from all my friends in junior high. And I almost just tossed it without even giving it a second look. So I'm like, this is going to be so embarrassing, you know, but, uh, I, I opened one and then like three hours later, <laughs> I'd gone through the whole box and I was just cracking up because of how ridiculous it was. And that when you're in that kind of adolescent mindset and you're uh, talking to just your friends without, you know, adults around, you really just are in this completely different world. And I just thought it was so 
interesting and fascinating to kind of tell a story through that kind of perception back in the day from a little group of junior high friends. So the unfiltered junior high. Yes. So unfiltered, but at the same time, still really, really innocent because it's like you're 12 year old girls. So we're Mm -hmm. not necessarily thinking about the same things that Mm -hmm. maybe 12 year old boys are. Yeah. So um, it's still pretty innocent, but it's just really kind of silly, lighthearted fun with some good life lessons in there as well. I just, I never, we didn't, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, so I never got the whole, I was just basically the passer of the note. Like I was just somebody <laughs> that briefly, yeah, that just briefly had the note because I'm pretty old and I've <laughs> never, never really had a note. Like I'd always get the dirty look because I would think it was for me and like I would start to open it and it's like, how dare you get the look of how dare you? Like you're just <laughs> like you're opening somebody else's mail. Like that was how <laughs> it's a felony right there. <laughs> it, it really was like people were like, why would you think that's for you? And it was it could be considered bullying, but I don't know. But oh. it, but it was just one of those things of you knew your place in society. So I'd never really had like the note experience as other people. I had just the doodling to myself and throwing it away experience so what kind of life (laughs) lessons if you could give one what kind of what was one life lesson that you took from that note um well actually you mentioned bullying so that was um one of the the big things uh the group of girls are kind of being teased Mm -hmm. by some older girls in the school and they go to the principal and their teacher and the assistant principal and nobody's kind of willing to help them it's kind of a she said, she said situation. Mm-hmm. And so they end up kind of taking matters into their own hands and dealing with a bully that way. <laughs> so that's right. Some, some pre junior, pre, pre adult junior high justice is being undue. Yes, exactly. Something we wish we could all do all the time, right? Just take matters into our own hands. Well, that is such a cool, like, still like a memory kind of nostalgia slash because i'm sure like i don't know if any kid can relate to that now like a a 10 or 12 year old like you you wrote on paper and (laughs) what is that and you folded it like and you had to fold a certain way you couldn't just fold it like a square yes all the cute little designs like fortune teller and it had different flaps to tell you how stupid you were for picking that corner exactly when you're gonna die like that sort of thing (laughs) yes (gasps) But yeah, I I can't imagine that. It's like, why wouldn't you just pick up your phone, you know? Mm -hmm. There was something, you know, uh, some people kind of, some advice I got was to maybe uh, not move forward with the book in that way because like note writing is so past day and and not cool and not something kids do. And so I thought about writing the whole book through texting instead, Mm -hmm. but like that has been done several times. Yeah, Um, I looked at some books like that and I just didn't feel like, Cause texts are so short, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like there's just something that was so authentic about a whole page of a handwritten note and these just continuous thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, going on for a whole page of just one character. And then you get the next yeah. character's same kind of dialogue. And to me, it just really changed the style. And I just kind of went with it. I was really hoping the note writing thing would come back somehow. It, it might. I, like <laughs> they, they still have styluses on some of these phones. Yeah, you never know. 
just like, you know, suspenders and glasses came back. Like uh, the 90s nerd is now like the this day's hipster, which is yeah. really cool. Same exact look. So you never know. It might ironically come back. <laughs> but the good thing about note writing is you had time to edit with a text message once you hit send. That's true, too. With the notes, you you had the whole time you had that note to think about what you were writing or what you were going to write. So even though it was just a stream of thought, it was a well thought out stream. Like you had really digested what feelings I'm going to tell you, like how I really mm-hmm. felt about this, rather than just shooting off a text five minutes after it happens. That's so true. And so I could see it coming back because I do think, like you said, it's a stream of consciousness and it's something that has a long, just, I guess, thought, like it just has a long shelf life in your mind. Mm -hmm. So I could see something like that coming about, like this generation does seem a lot geared towards instant gratification. Yeah. And so I'm, as an older person, I'm like, you know, it just change doesn't happen as fast. Like change is happening faster than it did when I was a kid. But it still isn't a snap. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting to see. I can't believe how far removed I am at this point from young adults. And it's like, wow, this is what like school now is not is done virtually. Like people can literally do school from home, which when I was a kid, if you were home. God forbid you were home for more than two weeks because all of a sudden you would start getting these homework assignments that you'd have mm-hmm. to do by yourself. Whereas now they can just boop, they're on, get download their assignments and Right. They don't even do math the same. Like supposedly like subtraction now is you do a bunch of addition and it still comes out the same. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, what is happening? So I I feel the old age, but that I I saw that book and I was just I was fascinated by the fact that it's about something I grew up with as far as like note passing and stuff that really until cell phones really became a need, I guess, for the young adults mm-hmm. was the way y'all communicated. Yeah. And so and so it feels weird to say that that's kind of gone, too, because that was a critical part of your social life at school it really was yeah you'd go out of your way just so you could make sure you're dropping off the note you know at somebody's mm-hmm. locker to see a friend between classes whereas now i guess they they can text they can bring their phones to school because yeah. of all these unfortunate events that have happened it's like okay for kids to have their phones on them where but like the time i was in high school we had cell phones but they were like the little flip phones and I mean, get mine taken up immediately if you could see it anywhere. And I'm just like, what? Kids can have their phones on them now? That's crazy. How your, are they getting any work done? With your T-Mobile sidekick. Yes, like going over my minutes like every <laughs> every month. <laughs> Kids don't even know what that means, minutes, like yeah. on a phone. Like doesn't even, yeah, I'm register. sure they do because their parents take it away after so much screen time. So I feel like I feel like they still have an idea of what minutes are because... Yeah, as a parent, you have to monitor your child's screen time. That's something you have to do because they don't go outside and get lost. They just get lost <laughs> in the internet, like in puppy videos. And- yes, yes, so true. TikToks. Yeah, and I'm I'm just blown away by that. Like I, I was talking to another 
person who's got kids and I'm like, how do you, she's in like first grade. I'm like, how do you have the talk about Facebook? What conversation, like I can't fathom trying to tell, okay, so you have to go online, but you can't post these kinds of pictures. You can't say this because it's, it's a whole different world because we kind of learned the hard way, you know, you don't divulge the, your location or income or anything like that. You don't say, I just won the lottery on Facebook. Yeah. And we've, we learned that the hard way. <laughs> we, we learned that with various scams and computers that had to be thrown away. But like, as a parent, how do you prepare your kid? I, I can't, I got to make sure that when you're on here, you're not engaging with somebody that I don't. It's terrifying to me that they, they could, you know, that they, they still be in your home, potentially still not safe. Yeah, absolutely. I think apps are like the worst um, just because they have all these separate mess, you know, private messaging, like every type of app there is, you mm -hmm. can privately message a complete stranger in the same city or a different state or a different country. And it's just yep. like, it's easy as a click of a button. <laughs> so you're also an artist. You do, it looks like abstract almost. Yes, I do what I call abstract splatter art. It's very colorful. Very. <laughs> we use a lot of, like some artists like, you know, use like the soft colors. You tend to go for more of a bright, almost Lisa Frankish. Go figure, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as you point to your tie-dye shirt that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I um I just I don't know. I love really really bright colors. I love glitter. I know it's not for everybody and it definitely <laughs> doesn't go with everyone's home decor. In fact, I've gotten like some feedback at art shows where, you know, like grown adult women will come by my booth and be like, "You know, I really really like your stuff. I like your style, but do you have anything without glitter?" <laughs> Cuz this just won't go in my living room, <laughs> you know, cuz and uh, I totally understand, but at the same time, I just, I kind of do it more for me. And <laughs> it's really hard to, uh, I guess, do it, do it from the buyer side, yeah. you know, it's not my full-time gig. Yeah. I, I would say in, then maybe it's not for your living room. Maybe, you know, there's all, there's other rooms that women, I don't know what they call, like they, on one of the commercials, they call it a she shed. Mm -hmm. There, there are okay very feminine rooms that you could have that may have like a furry, like the furry carpet, you know, that, mm -hmm. that that room would go in. So just because it doesn't go where your living room is, it can still be in a piece where say you go to unwind or something like an office or mm -hmm. something that is maybe not as neutral as what I would, I guess would call it. Yeah. Good point game rooms mm -hmm. i think is a good room for a lot of my pieces or also kind of going back to the whole tween and teen thing um i guess that's like my brand just being i was gonna know, say a college dorm. or whatever yeah you, you know like a girl <laughs> yeah college dorms. fresh out of college you know just setting up that could be their first you know this is my first apartment by myself this is my first piece mm -hmm. and so i i would say that you know keep doing what you're doing because then it doesn't feel, you know, maybe your heart's not into it. Right. Yeah. I've tried to venture a little bit and sometimes I come up with a, a good piece, but it's just not as, as fun for me if I'm not doing kind of yeah. the whole reason I started painting was to just kind of 
throw colors and glitter everywhere and just kind of have an emotional release that way. And if <laughs> if I've known anything about artists and painting, it just takes one person that really likes it and does it and puts it the right way to have everybody else kind of copycat that. That's look. true. Yeah. So it, it would just take one, like a Taylor, you know, maybe Taylor Swift, like somehow sees your art, buys a piece <laughs> and, and says something. I think I need to some is the yeah. issue here. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so true. At the end of the day, like there is a market for everything. It's about just about finding that market and figuring out how to, to network and kind of set yourself up for success that way. Yeah. I just, I like doing things for fun. If something else happens from it, then, you know, that's awesome. But I don't, I don't, I don't approach it from how do I make this, you know, marketable. I just, I just like to do, and then just kind of, if it becomes marketable, great, but I want to do it from a place of I'm having fun doing it. It can't be, if you're just doing it for the marketing, it can't be fun. And so then you're just like, now I got to paint something, you know? So if you did Mm -hmm. cater to the masses, now you, now I've got to paint something, you know, with browns and blacks and in an eggshell so because that's what they want Die a little inside <laughs> which is the it just you just don't feel inclined to do it i just feel like if you take that passion of what you enjoy doing the accomplishment you feel at the end because it's a piece of you then it's not that fun like if i did comedy and i just did jokes that other people think i should do i feel like i'm just reciting a really funny poem or a, a really hilarious TED talk. And so, mm-hmm. and so I don't live it as much. And so if I don't do what I lived, then I'm not really living up there. I'm just reciting funny, a funny, you know, funny limerick or something. Yeah, absolutely. And so how long have you been doing the painting? The painting, I took my first class in, I think it was about 2013. Mm-hmm. So. Not quite 10 years. But I just noticed it was really abstract and I, I really liked it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. You, you have all these really cool creative outlets and you're also super funny. So I <laughs> definitely enjoy talking to you. You're actually, Bye. we actually have some friends because I've met some people that came to a comedy show you're really close friends with, like Melody Scalorns and stuff like that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Because I, I, she showed me a picture. I was like, you were in. I was like, I know her. <laughs> That's so funny. It's such a small world. <laughs> yeah, she came to a show and we hung out for a long, little while. And then she, we, we're still friends, but she then moved to Arizona. Yeah. So my podcast, what I enjoy talking about when it's not talking about comedy with people is fear. And so... I'm surprised it's taken this long for somebody to have this fear because I thought people would this I thought this would be like within the first five to ten episodes somebody would say that. Mm-hmm. Sad no one has. You're the first person to talk wow. about this fear. <laughs> what is your fear, Sarah? Um, I'm pretty afraid of clowns. Yeah, absolutely grew up with that fear. I feel like it's gotten a little bit better over time. In fact, I I actually painted some clowns. I have some clown paintings because I thought it was kind of like 
a strategy of like how to face your fears. Like I'm in control. I'm going to paint you. You're mine now. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it might have helped a little bit. They're pretty goopy looking, to be honest. They're not that scary. The clouds that I painted, but <laughs> it got really friendly really fast. Yeah, <laughs> so, just weird, just super weird. So, how did your fear of clowns start? Because I know a couple people that are deathly afraid of clowns. Mm-hmm. One of them was her. I believe her dad dressed up as a clown on her brother's birthday, and she was like really little, and it scared her. And it's yeah. it's to this day is like paralyzing. Wow. I was going to say, because that has to be the worst. That has to be the worst way, because as a parent, you see your kid crying. What are you going to do? going to go <laughs> rush to try to tell him it's OK. So all now she's terrified of this clown and now it's coming over closer and wanting to touch her and hold her. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can right only... in her face is terrifying clown. Yeah. <laughs> trying to explain and I don't think you can explain away being a clown to somebody that's afraid of clowns. Yeah. So how did you start? So I would assume it probably started because I had an older cousin who would lock me and my younger cousin in the back of our grandparents' house. Um, and it was like an old farm school house. So it had the, um, like the chain locks that only he could reach because he was taller. So he'd lock us in the back of the house and he would make us watch evil clown movies because he thought it was funny how afraid we are of them. So he had us watch um, Killjoy and Stephen King's It, the original It. And then he would also chase us around the back of the house with clown masks that my grandparents just happened to have laying around. So... um, That'll do it, I think. I think that was enough right there. I have so many questions right now. First, why do your grandparents have clown masks just lying around? You know, I've never really thought about it. Uh, I think they use them for Halloween, I would assume. That's why, because there were just two. One with curly blue hair and one with curly red hair. And... um, yeah. And he would like, he would wear a sheet over himself as well. So he, we would just see this moving white sheet and then the, the clown mask kind of coming at us in the dark, in the back of this dark hallway. So it was pretty terrifying. Yeah. Oh, and he would blast on top of it. He, guys, he really thought this out. He would blast the music from that, the band ICP in claimed clown posse. So <laughs> it was like, it's like a death metal clown music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible. About that. Bringing up some stuff, man. I kind of forgot about this, <laughs> that angle of it that he did. <laughs> Boy, he really went, he really went all clown. Yeah. Boy, I, I have to kind of admire the level of commit that he had to, <laughs> to, to, to the clown theme. Like it, right? Every, every single detail. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little just dis- even more disturbing to kind of look back on it now. <laughs> have you have you asked him about it? Like, no, but I feel like it's a great conversation for Christmas this year. So, definitely, definitely going to bring it up. <laughs> Just ask why did you feel the need to dress up as a clown and scare yeah. me? Yeah, where did that come from? From him? Like, did someone do that to him? Yeah. And he got the idea, or was that just? Yeah, I don't know. Like. <laughs> I just, 
I'm just blown away. Like, first of all, like to know that your grandparents like play unknowingly played a hand. <laughs> but it just seems so it's so well thought out. Like he saw the clown mask your grandparents had and thought, how can I use these? Saw you guys and said, you know what? Let's make them watch clown movies. And then I'll dress up like a clown. Like it wasn't a. Like he just knew that if he just completely sold heart and soul into this clown thing that he could get you. Now, is your other cousin afraid of clowns that was locked in there with you? He's got issues with clowns for sure. I don't know if afraid is the right word, but like when he saw, I sent him some photos of my clown paintings when I was doing this, you know, and um, he's like, that's really messed up, Sarah. Like, why are you doing that? And then uh, he's about to have a baby. And I jokingly like showed him in the Zoom baby shower, like, look what I got to put over your little one's bed. I painted a, you know, a clown photo and stuff. So it's kind of been an ongoing joke between us. I don't know how afraid he is, but he's definitely very uncomfortable around clowns. Definitely did a number on him, too. Okay. I would say. I was going to say he's got to have some like semblance of fear as far as clowns go because like he was even younger so it was even more probably imprinted (laughs) because i feel like as you're young like certain things like if you for me i'm afraid of snakes and Mm. through this podcast is probably going to be in 10 episodes my mom being afraid of snakes i believe holding me while she is afraid of a snake made me afraid of a snake because i could even as an infant or anything you can feel that oh yeah pick up on that that fear and that energy for sure yeah and so that is that's my theory is that somehow in some way like if you are afraid of something as a child but it it's it imprints on you and as an adult like it stays with you yeah (laughs) so how do you handle clowns now like i know you painted some paintings of them so like if someone comes to a halloween party and they're dressed like a clown are you just like I'm going to go over I here. I to just bolt and go in the opposite direction. Kind of like, nope, not going to deal with this tonight. I'm going to have a good time. Luckily, yeah, the older you get, the less you have to kind of deal with clowns. <laughs> and I also feel like they're not like cool anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, in the 80s or the 90s growing up, it might have been actually something that people had at little kids birthday parties. But I don't think clowns are really people really aren't into clowns the same way that they were when I was a kid. In the 80s, what would happen is we lived in a neighborhood, and I guess I don't know what was going on, Mm -hmm. but there would just be clowns on corners of streets. Ew. And I don't know if there was a shopping center and they were just advertising, but they would just wave. And it was. Oh. And you want to talk? I would literally try to slink in my seat to not see them or hopefully them not see me. But they would, yeah. just, they would just be out in this neighborhood in Houston, like just holding balloons and just waving. And so I don't know what they were doing or what it was for, but it was very, I like to think it was a shopping center or a gas station or something. And it was just some sort of like the, the olden day sign twirlers that do all the tricks with the signs yeah. before there's just clowns just waving and but it was very very weird it was like at least i would think it would be every sunday or saturday they would have them they would there would be one on the street this thoroughfare just just waving at people 
And so, yeah, it was slightly uncomfortable. But it seemed like, I would say 2005 or 2006, maybe. Maybe even later than that, like we had that whole people dressing up as clowns kind of surge. And that people... Oh, is that because of... What was that because of? I kind of remember that. It wasn't it, but it was before that. Like they just had... I guess it was YouTube videos or something. So people... But it was like a phenomenon that people would dress up in clowns, like clowns, and they would be in like parking garages and stuff, just just freaking out people like their whole idea was to scare you. And so they would just be and they would be like outside your house or something like if they knew and they would just be, like I said, an abandoned parking lot or something late at night, like they would just run at you just to freak you out, just to kind of you, I guess. There were some that did it on YouTube, and I'm sure there was also some that got mm-hmm. really hurt because yeah. YouTube pranks can go very wrong very fast because <laughs> they try to do those like I'm really cool, like the Tom Green, like I can I can just talk to people on the street and nothing bad's going to happen. I'm like, you don't know what they edited out. You right. You don't Absolutely. you don't know what people are capable of, especially when they're when they feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of cl- uh, people that there was a while there, it was like people dressed as clowns and it was, I like to say it was like 2012, 2013. Yeah. There was something about killer clowns. Yeah. I remember now too, I think it started maybe with like an actual news story mm-hmm. about some, some guy. Is that what started the whole thing? And then people thought it was funny to, yeah imitated or whatever but it's something that was on the news that was pretty pretty disturbing <laughs> yeah it was like somebody a guy just like like stalking people or something like dressed as a clown and so people thought it was really funny i was like it it you think it's funny until you know you're in that situation right <laughs> and so you've already talked about like you paint it do you do anything else to kind of because i the older i get like it's like i kind of get the clown now like i'm just at this point if he's gonna murder me go for it at this at this point i'm in my 40s like it's i've lived a good life <laughs> also i do have a picture of me and clown makeup because i did work at a haunted house with the girl i was seeing in 2013 and so they had me painted like one of the the rabbit from alice in wonderland and the mad hatter i had to I had to do that life and it's it's endless and forever it's just one of those things of I work after working in a haunted house there are things that really you know you don't you're not as scared anymore there are certain things that will freak me out but it's like bring it on clown bring it on (laughs) you you haven't lived this life yeah that makes sense that you're you become kind of it becomes a little bit more normal to you if it's something that you're when you're working there you're around it all the time you're like desensitized to it yeah so has painting you think you feel like painting has helped yeah i think that and then um maybe you i'm sure you understand this too being a comedian kind of have just used humor Mm -hmm. to kind of deal with it um i also do just for fun on the side like a youtube channel where i pretend to be this uh, alter ego named Cheryl Cuckoo and she can channel the dead and all these things. And she has all of this great advice. And I did one video a few years ago on how to uh, conquer your fear of clowns, you know, Mm -hmm. through Cheryl Cuckoo. 
And I forget what the advice was. It was really silly. Something like you, you have to date a clown and that's how you overcome the fear. Um, so I kind of dressed up a little bit as a clown through part of the video as well. And I got pied in the face and everything. So I think just making it a big joke and kind of laughing about it too, kind of, kind of helps mm-hmm. with the, uh, the traumatizing things that happened to me as a child involving the clowns. So, so when you got pied in the face, what does that feel like? Cause that is one of the, I guess, signature things of the traditional clown yeah. is to get the pie in the face. It was fantastic. It it was very cool. You know, it was cool whip. It was delicious. Um, I just immediately started cracking up. It's like the silliest thing in the world to just throw a pie in somebody's face. Like who ever thought of that? <laughs> People in their 20s apparently thought that was the like, I'm cu- I'd be curious to know the history of the pie in the face, because I feel like that's almost like a decadence thing, like because. You have to think about when that, you know, started. That's back when food was really, wasn't cheap. Yes. Yeah. By our and so you have to think that it's some kind of like snub at upper society that we waste this totally good pie <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah. That makes sense, actually. I'll have to look it up now because now I'm curious as to who was the first person to throw a pie because it's got to be something to to kind of mock the rich. Mm hmm. Or the the higher society. I'm just imagining you painting the clown. Did it take longer to paint the clown? Did you did it? Were you just have to? Do you have to emotionally like take yourself away from the painting for a little <laughs> bit and come back? And just uh yeah, I guess I you know worked a lot on the details of the face, so it definitely takes a lot longer than maybe doing some abstract stuff mm-hmm. that you're just kind of making up as you go. So, <laughs> see to me, it's like the happier the clown, the more frightening it is. Like, do you ever watch the movie Poltergeist? Like that little clown toy? Uh, uh-uh, I haven't. Oh my Ugh. god, the Poltergeist is—it's—it's it's a really good movie. Um, don't get me wrong. Heard of it? It's, sure. It's a Steven. It's Steven Spielberg does horror basically. So it's really good special effects for the time, and it's really, really well thought out. But there's a scene where this kid has this little toy clown. And the whole thing is they're haunt, they're on an Indian burial ground and the and they took basically what this developer did, spoiler alert, is they just took the gravestones off the graves, but they never dug up the bodies. And so now these spirits are are haunting this neighborhood. Oh wow. And so in one scene this kid has a toy clown and it's just sitting there and it's got this super happy face and it's got little jingle bells. And all of a sudden you hear the jingle bells move while he's in bed and he looks still there, then does it again. Can't see it. So he starts looking for the clown. Can't find it. Looks under the bed. Then he gets back on the bed and the clown's like right there and it's got like fangs and everything. And it's like starts wrapping its little like clown arms around his face. And it's like, oh, it was it even. Even as an adult, like I still, I still can't. Yeah, they just make you cringe. You know, yeah. anyone that likes clowns, I feel like that's a huge red flag right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. And uh, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, the happier the clown looks, the kind of more disturbing it is. Because the happiness is, is painted on too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's fake, you know, it's like they're pretending to be something they're not. And that right there is just kind of scary and creepy. 
Now, I am fascinated by like the European version of clowning, which is a, I guess, an art form that they've developed to do actually do like the circus clown performance. And it's very, uh-huh. it's really cool. Like you have to, it's talking about how you wear your emotions and stuff. So I would be interested in doing that class because you have to, <laughs> like you, like for your videos, you develop this clown, this, this non-speaking alter ego. So it's all mime, like mime, right? Yeah, it's like all or, mime for the most part. Okay. But you still have to have this alter ego and you have to be able to convey what's going on in the scene. So you have to be doing something and everybody without saying a word has to be on board with what you're doing. And so it, it's very fascinating. It, a lot of the English, I'll listen to a podcast for comedy and He's he's in he's in the UK and a lot of UK and overseas comics go through that clowning and it's physical it's kind of a physical comedy thing that you learn how to be a good physical comic. Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to do I guess kind of a non you know so even if you're talking you can do this nonverbal performance that people can connect with. So it's really it was really intriguing to me to to see like the roots of, of a clown that we've kind of bastardized and made into oh yeah a terrifying thing but the the art of doing it is also fascinating and so there's like mm-hmm. I'll I'll get you the, I'll send you the link to the course or whatever but it's like this this French guy he's like the if you want to be a clown it's this is the class you have to take <laughs> and it I teach you basically clowning and it's just it's basically unspoken theater. So it's a lot of yeah. Charlie Chaplin esque kind of, but sure, but more emotional. Like even you have, like you have to be, you have to show how sad you are with your, cl- with your persona. If you're going to be the sad clown, mm-hmm. because there's two kinds of clowns. There's the white nose and the red nose, as they call them. The white nose is the sad, more realistic Whereas the red nose is the over the top happy. Mm-hmm. You're just so wig thinking about the fact that there's a clown school that you could get a degree in something oh, you're terrified of. No, no. <laughs> I was it was making me actually think of um, Modern Family, the TV show. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Mitch and Cam, the uh, the gay couple, he dresses up as a clown. Like he grew up being a clown. And they, there was a joke in there about how he sleep clowns. And sometimes he sleepwalks and still puts on his entire clown persona. And so his partner wakes up first thing in the morning next to a clown that he did not fall asleep next to. And it's horrifying. And so I think it really is a more common fear than yeah. a lot of people you yeah. know, talk about. Yeah, Dan Cummins had a bit where he talked about like a, a hospital in New Zealand thought it would be a great way to cheer their patients up as if they brought in a bunch of clowns and they were like 100% of the patients were afraid of clowns. And yeah. He's like, who bring did- in puppies. Don't bring in clowns. <laughs> he's like, who did the study for this? Like, he, he, hey, you know what'll make you feel better? Here's your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, I thank you for doing this. Where can people find you on social media if they wanted to find you? Like, I know you have your art on one. Yeah, I have um, for my art. I've got a art by Sarah Rose uh, Facebook page and art by Sarah Rose on Instagram. You can find me that way. 
if you dare, you can check out Cheryl Cuckoo on Facebook and Instagram as well. That's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down if you've got some free time and need a laugh or cry or whatever. Okay. Well, thank you again, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to to see you and to uh, to go down this fun path of of fears and, and memories and and hopefully you don't see your cousin like immediately after this. How dare you! <laughs> you did He's this. gonna see this and be like, "Hey, we need to talk." <laughs> just, ha- just have your face a clown makeup and we. You did this to me. You did this to me. That's a good idea of like a sitcom or a show, like somebody that. You know, goes. You made Cheryl Cuckoo, not me. You you did this. <laughs> you did this. I had to create an alter ego to feel safe again. So, but thank you so much, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I hope you are able to get back to your stand up routine, hopefully sooner than later, when things calm down a bit. Mm-hmm. We are opening soon at Hyenas. So, that's awesome. Congrats. For, in very short order, I'll let you know when that happens. Yeah, please do. Please do. So that was Sarah. I want to talk about bullying and how how much thought sometimes people that want to torture somebody put into their effort. Her cousin putting in so much effort into little details of scaring her with clowns is just kind of interesting to me. It's amazing how much thought people put into to, I guess, harassing others. I don't know how else to say it. It's just such a weird thing to me that you can put that much thought into being mean. Imagine if everybody put that much thought into caring about one another. How much different this world would be. Maybe we would be less divisive if we put our phones down and actually just put some thought towards others. It was an amazing interview. Check out her book, if you've got a daughter that's in the teen, close to teenage years, I'm sure that they can relate to that, even if we no longer pass notes. Check out her art, Art by Sarah Rose. She's got some amazing paintings. And then leave a review about the podcast. I thank you, everybody that has left a review. If you enjoy what you're hearing, go on iTunes, leave a five-star review or leave a five-star review or whatever is their highest ranking wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm available on every podcast platform I can think of. And so my weekend has been interesting. My cousins from Houston came to town, and we talked, and they came and saw both comedy shows I did at the Backdoor Comedy Club. It was a great time. They had a great time at Backdoor then they came, we went to the Bishop Arts Cidercade. Not Bishop Arts. We went to the Dallas Cidercade off of Irving Boulevard. It was a great time. We had a lot of fun. Joseph, my cousin, had cider for the first time. And we played a lot of video games. And then I took them to the best taco spot in Dallas, Texas, Fuel City, Yes, it's a gas station that serves tacos 24 hours, but they are so good. They're so good, in fact, that my cousins went to the zoo this morning, Sunday, I'm recording this, and went back to Fuel City before they left town to get 15 tacos. That's how good their tacos are. So if you have a chance, check out Fuel City. 
They're great eats. Also, thanks to my cousins for coming to visit. We got to talk a little bit about life and share some of our childhood and things that we've gone through. It was a real it was a real good time. We had a great visit. Hopefully they'll come back soon and spend more than a weekend. They didn't get to do a lot of traveling because a lot of the stuff from COVID is still nine to five, so it doesn't it's not conducive to travelers when you don't have something in the evening. Comedy wise, I had a great night and I've been working on my comedy. Can't wait to get back to open mic starting tonight. Daylight Savings is here, and it can burn in hell. I hate Daylight Savings. It's always, you always feel exhausted because it's not your time lag. Like, I feel like I got up early, and it's noon. And so I feel like I've wasted a whole day. I didn't even get a whole day. You took an hour from me even before I went to bed. Like, I literally went to bed at 4, which usually meant 3, but because it's today, sorry, you you get you just you lose all kinds of productivity. So I'm flying by the seat of my pants recording this podcast intro and outro. Next week we'll have another guest. I thank you guys for listening. I guess spring is here and it's been a year of working from home. So we're getting better. Life is getting better. Vaccines are on the ready and we are kind of opening back up thanks for listening to the sum of all fears and now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics you can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o get it? h2o like water you can also follow him on Facebook music a huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, GunnarOlson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S, at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. But, you know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can check me out at ryanperio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a, in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. <laughs>